You're listening to the Fire Pit Podcast, conversations conversations between father and son. My name is Ryan, and I'm the son. And I'm Wayne, the other guy. The other guy, the dad. The, today we're talking about a subject, um, hardwired versus opportunities for growth. I think this kind of stemmed out of a conversation about personality types and affinities that we have that we're born with or... Um, you can even like grow into stuff that you're naturally good at that you just didn't know you were good at um, or that you have a knack for. But I guess if you want to start off with uh, discussing that with regard to yourself. Sure. Um, we were just talking about that whole thing of growth areas. I think in the, at least in the corporate world, they they used to say, uh, in interviews for people that they were contemplating hiring, they would say, do you know your strengths and your weaknesses? And the term weaknesses has kind of gone by the wayside, or at least it's been redefined as growth areas. Do you know your growth areas? Well, we're talking about making a distinction here, and, and this has to do with your personality being kind of broken out in two areas. There's probably more, but... I don't know. Hardwired traits, the things that you were born with, and then growth areas or weak weaknesses, whatever you want to call it. It's it's really a hard thing to be objective about this because I think uh, we struggle with that. You, you stop to think about it. There are people that you know that are really good at certain things and they don't see it because they're good at it. Matter of fact, they may wonder why you're not, and they don't realize that that's the way that they've been hardwired. I know some folks, I remember there was one fellow that I went to high school with that everyone knew what this guy was going to eventually become because he could fix anything electronic. He's a 16-year-old kid who could take apart any electronic thing and put it back together and make it work. I couldn't do that. I had, uh, as a matter of fact, just as a example, when I went to high school, we, my freshman year in high school, they kind of uh, broke up uh, vocational studies into little slots. And one was auto shop, and then there was woodworking, and then there was the electronic shop, and there was something else. I don't know what it was. I took auto shop, which was critical. But I also took electronics, so I didn't have a choice. And the project in our electronics class was to build a radio, mm. a working radio. Obviously, the final test was it had to work, right? I'm not very good at building anything or fixing anything, but I gave it my best shot. And I still remember to this day, my electronics teacher comes by and he's going to evaluate my radio and he turns the power on and, and he turns the dial and he was able to get the same station on like maybe nine or ten different settings. And wow. he looked he looked at me and he said, "You know, I I'm really not sure how this works, but it works. And I'm telling you right now, that's the only reason you're passing. And I don't want to see you in my class next year. So mm -hmm. that was that was it for electronics for me. But I knew at that point that that was not a hardwired trait in me being able to." look at anything and be able to 
take it apart and put it back together again. And that and, and that's really okay. And that's what we're kind of talking about here uh, is there are hardware traits that you've got certain ones, you don't have others, that's okay. Also those growth areas, uh, those I kind of relegate to character qualities because I think that we all need to grow in certain character issues, self-discipline, perseverance, integrity, humility. Those are things that we can consider right off the bat, no question about that. Those are growth areas. Now, there, there are other areas that we, we can grow in, too, that aren't in that, that, um, that area. You may want to take up something and, and learn how to do it or get better at it. It may have something to do with your job or maybe a hobby or something like that. Those can be growth areas, too. Um, the one point I wanted to make here, too, is that it, it is okay to admire people who have traits that you lack. But just be careful that you're not too quick to consider their abilities as a growth area for you. Their mm -hmm. natural abilities and passions may be very different from yours, and, and that's okay. Find your own and go with those. So That's an interesting point. Um, I think when I was younger, as a quick aside, a funny story, I took electronics in college, and I, I loved it until it got real weird with, some of the more advanced um, things than I didn't do super hot. I had a few guys in my class that were, I'd have no, they were just like, look what I built just for fun. I was like, wow, that's like another level. I'm still trying to understand theory and he's already passed. So every day I would go to my class at 4.30 and every day my teacher would just like, just, he would like, give me this stink eye. I was like, man, I don't understand why this teacher doesn't like me. So then six weeks into the class, I'm like, and, and no matter how early I would go, I would go at 4.25, 4.20. And then I was like, why, why is everyone here so early for this class? So then one day I raised my hand and I was like, this class starts at 4.30, right? And he's like, this class starts at 4. <laughs> I was like, oh. So I've been 30 minutes late consistently for six weeks. So that's... Hence why he uh, mean mugged me when I would walk in. <laughs> I, but that that's a, a natural gift um, for me. Uh, electronics, uh, like electrical engineering stuff, software engineering stuff. Um, although there are times um, I had one project in a, in a class for computer science where you had to build the logic behind, like you had four different kinds of ants. So like one was a queen, one was a forager, one was a fighter, and one was something else. And so they each had to fulfill their role, but on every every second, they would multiply. And then as they would multiply, you would randomize what type of ant was born. And then if it was a queen, it would colonize another area. In concept, sounded pretty simplistic. Uh, building it was cray-cray. <laughs> it was really hard. I almost did not pass that class. But those kinds of things that I would come in contact with and think, well, this is my gifting, but it's hard now, so maybe it's not my gift. So it's kind of a balancing act between what you're given as like your raw talents and then how you're supposed to refine those over time and, and pay more attention to them. Or, I mean, I think we all have talents in various areas and some of them 
we focus on and others we don't really like if i was really good at handyman work it doesn't mean that i would want to become a handyman i would just that's just like a thing that i do that just comes natural to me which Mm. it does not but that's an interesting point of learning how that hardwired trait needs to be nurtured to get better at it well and you're just saying too that when things get hard obviously when things get hard doesn't mean that that's not what you should be doing. I think maybe it's a time to maybe step back for a second and ask yourself what motivated you to begin down this road to begin with. And if there was no original passion involved or, or excitement or interest, then mm-hmm. maybe you were doing it for the wrong reason to begin with. But everything gets hard at some point. Even in your job now, you find yourself getting into situations where you have no idea where to go next. And it's going to require some real thought and stepping back and all that. But you're not contemplating leaving your job because things got hard. Mm, well, it depends me. how your brain works. <laughs> me, for me, my issue, um, I'm, I'm very good at problem solving. Uh, I even say that I think I said this already on an episode that in interviews I'll be like, I'm like a pit bull. If you give me a problem, I will just tear it apart or just hold on to it until I figure it out which is great until it's not. And so then when you have issues that you don't, I feel very uncomfortable when I'm out of my depth, when I don't know something, when I don't know something coupled with pressure of accomplishing something that I don't know, Hmm. I panic. And so I go into this mode of counterproductivity because I'm just so in a tizzy that I just can't think straight. So like I've had to really work on silencing those thoughts of your mind trying to put you at ease, like, don't worry, just quit. You should quit this job. This sucks. So those thoughts come across my mind frequently. So I have to silence them, be like, that's not real. I have to focus. It's okay. And just like taking a step back is something I've had to really do even this week, just because I realize once I'm past that moment of panic, nothing is going to happen. I'm not going to accomplish anything. I'm just going to stress myself out when it's just like I have to pause, take a step back, look at it again. And before I would just think, well, I'm stupid. I don't know what I'm doing. But now I've kind of grown into into realizing the more you know, the more you know you don't know is kind of what I'm, the story of the last 10 years of my life. So just looking at it and saying, it's okay. You don't know this. And you know that, right? There's power in that and and, and evaluating it. Um, and this is kind of what I do as a natural hardwired trait of problem solving that I think you taught me a lot as a kid. Um, I'll get on the phone with engineers and they're at their wits end with something. And I'm like, okay, hold on. So what about this piece? And it's like, I've already checked that. It's like, well, let's check it again. Let's like apply the scientific method and go step by step by step because it's in there somewhere and and we have to kind of rule it out um, instead of just frantically stabbing in the dark, which is what most people in mine uh, strategies have been in the past. So the opportunities of growth for me in that sense is pausing, taking a step back, backing, back, backing away from the ledge, if you will, um, because I expect so much of myself because 
I am hardwired like that to be good at this thing. And then when I'm not being good or I'm not being successful in my endeavor in that area, I'm very, very self-critical. Hmm. Yeah, at that, as you're talking, I'm thinking about, and we've talked about this before, about the voices in your head um, getting control of what you're thinking, realizing that some of the things we think are really not just counterproductive, they may be destructive. Mm -hmm. And you have to really revisit your thoughts. Maybe you need to go talk to somebody. It's it's been an amazing journey for me, too. I've been in a number of situations where I've learned to ask for help, Mm -hmm. um, recognizing that I've gotten to the end of what I know to do here, and I've worked hard at trying to figure it out. So I would bring somebody else into it, and I would ask them what they think of this situation. And there's been times when they didn't know, but the fact that they were there and I was able to use them as a sounding board, I actually came to the conclusion myself sometimes. And so it's uh, utilize all your resources and, and always have that mindset of never give up. Uh, and eventually things happen. So one of the things that uh, questions that came to my mind as I was thinking about this podcast is what are the kinds of things that make you uncomfortable? Separate what is okay to avoid from those things that you should confront. Now, I would say it's safe to say that character issues always should be confronted, but uh, that leaves some other things like matters that are associated with our personalities, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be conflicts with priorities that you have. Uh, there are things that are just frankly not practical. And some undertakings just really, the timing is just not right for it. Um, one, I, I had two categories here, okay to avoid and not to okay to avoid. And one of the things I said, it's okay for me to avoid, and that's uh, certain fix and repair things. Mm. Because I'm just not hardwired for that. Now, I can't do that all the time. Sometimes I have to fix something. And YouTube is, you know, the uh, temple that I go to worship at many times and find things just amazing. And and I'm able to do it because someone else was so good about putting together a YouTube video. But um, as a rule, I haven't had very good success over the years at figuring things out and fixing things on my own. So I figure that's just not where I'm hard, hardwired. Um, I'm not good at jobs or projects that require strength with numbers or, or mm. um, high detail things where I have to do comparisons. I have a job that I have to do that from time to time. And I've had to do some workarounds to try to make those things easier because my mind just not like those kinds of situation I'm just not hardwired for that uh, at all. Um, the benefit of that is I'm the opposite and I'll get lost in the minutia of things. Like I, 10 times a day, I have to tell myself like, okay, hold on, hold on. What are we trying to do? And I'm like, oh no, sorry, sorry. I'm not trying to accomplish this. I was actually trying to do this and this other thing I've been spending two hours on doesn't really even matter. Like, so I constantly have to like step back and like get to the point of what I'm trying to work on. Cause otherwise I'll just get lost in all the little details and comparisons. 
and that's actually a difficult yeah. thing for me. So it's kind of a good, the positive side of that, what you would look at as like maybe a shortcoming that you're not detail oriented is that you're able to see the big picture and you're able to accomplish things or be very goal focused. And that's something that I have to consciously um, try or, or keep in the in the forefront of my mind. Otherwise, mm. I'll forget and I'll be on projects and they'll last months and months when they shouldn't last that long just because I get caught up in all the details and I have to constantly remind myself that like, what's the goal? Do you, so when you're doing the projects, right? Like you said, you're not good at doing the handyman projects. Mm -hmm. Do you, how do you focus on like the, the environment? Like what I mean by that is I won't. So I had a, um, I had a leak, my outside spigot wouldn't close. So it was on, it wasn't on high, but it was on enough. And so I wasn't going to take it off and try to repair it because it's at night and I knew I would probably screw it up. And then if once I took the spigot off, then the water would be flowing full force and then I wouldn't be able to go back from there. So I decided was... just to put the hose on, kink it and put the other end in the pool and mm. just call the guy the next day. But I didn't, I did that naturally, but in retrospect, I realized why is because it would present an environment of high pressure, which I know right. that I do not do good at. So if I can right. take my time with something, like I put in the toilet paper holder thing by myself, uh, and I had time to do it, there wasn't any pressure. I actually enjoyed the process, but like the environment around the project is very important to me for it to be fun and not pressure. You know, it's interesting because, you know, I mentioned the YouTube videos are so good. A lot of times when I'm watching these YouTube videos, I'm I'm realizing that it was a whole lot more complicated than I thought it was. Mm. Like there was one time I was going to replace a headlamp on my one of my vehicles. And this YouTube video had them taking off uh, a whole lot of things, the inside wheel well off of the you had to take the tire off and the wheel well off. And it was just unbelievable. All these things I had to do to get to this. I wouldn't have known how to do that. Hmm. Um, so I wouldn't have thought to do, to do that. And there's been so many other things that are very similar. So they sometimes you because you don't have enough information, you, you're not able to look at something and and uh, see all that needs to be done. You've never done it before. You don't know how it works, maybe, like the spigot. You don't realize, mm. you know, what could be causing the leak. Um, if you understood how it worked, maybe you could have fixed it yourself, shut the water off at the street and put on a new spigot or something like that. But if you don't know those things, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're ignorant of things that are going to keep you from being able to be successful in fixing it. So... Yeah, and and when I looked at it the next day, I realized um, where I thought the water shutoff was, that was not the water shutoff. <laughs> so, uh, but in the past, I totally would have that. You know, I gotta save money instead of realizing you're spending the money whether you think you are or not. Just like if I clean my pool, it, I tried and tried. I'm just not good at it. I don't know. My the guy that does it is so good in and out. For me, it's just a constant hassle of measuring and looking at testing the chemicals. And But that's something that I realized. You're spending six or seven hours a week on this. So you're spending the money. 
So it's like, how do you value your time? So like, yeah. I'm I'm kind of the same way in that arena. I'm just not good at it, and and nor do I really care to strive to be the best at that when there's a lot of other things I have going on, you know. And it's it's a good thing to you know certainly have the money to have somebody else do something that you really don't have an interest or a desire in doing. Uh, sometimes you don't have that option. Sometimes you have to fix it because you, you, mm. you don't have the money or there's an emergency and there's no way somebody's going to get there in time. And so you got to do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I, you know, I told you I had two columns here that I was thinking about things that's okay to avoid and things that it's not okay to avoid. One of the thoughts that came to my mind was as a parent with you and your sisters, as you guys were growing up, there was a number of times when I did not feel comfortable <laughs> having to deal with situations with you guys that um, it it wasn't a matter of am I hardwired to do this or not I'm the guy I'm uh, that's my role and I I needed to do it and so sometimes I did a good job at it a lot of times I didn't and I have some regrets about how I handled situations with you guys as you were growing up uh, but I I, um, I didn't want to do it, and I, therefore, I didn't do such a good job at it. Um, but, I mean, also, you didn't know what you were doing. As, I mean, yeah. you were the first time being a parent, as everyone is. Yeah. So, anyway, and it's, and it's uh, for those who may be listening who are parents and haven't, may, may or may not have seen the various stages in which your children go through, it's a different game at every level. You know, when you were really young and toddlers running around world of difference between that and when you got into elementary and then into high school and then eventually uh, uh, became adults mm. those are all just they require an awful lot of work and effort and and doing hard stuff that you don't want to do but there's you you don't have a choice and so mm-hmm. that's what you have to do or i guess it's probably hard when they're in the stage of why you need to do this why i don't know why i've never thought of that (laughs) well there's so many things that are new like you're saying you haven't done it before so many things that are new coming up and um it uh, it really stretches you that was one of the things that they don't tell you when you become a parent oh by the way it's uh they're going to be growing but you are too and they're going to have growing pains and boy you are too so Hmm. You have to, you have to do it. Well, and it's, that's an interesting thing because traditionally, at least my understanding of parenting, because I'm not a parent yet, um, you tell your children something, and they listen to you because you're the parent. But then there's so much, like I still remember as a kid, like when your mom would be like, "I'm not really sure. I really don't know what to do in this situation." How much that resonated with me, for me to understand oh, maybe they're not saying it to be mean. They're, they're just trying to figure it out, too. So it actually, like, that humanizing your yourself in front of the kid was really great for me uh, as far as a... Uh, that's why I kind of eased off and didn't give you that hard of a time as a kid w- when those types of things came up with just the admission of, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to figure it out as I go along. Not in everything, but, like, that actually really helped um, 
So like for parents that are very totalitarian or dogmatic about something, it may not translate, or it did not translate, I'll speak from personal experience. It yeah. it didn't translate to me. It just translated as do it instead of, I really think we should do this. This is my idea behind the situation. I'm not really sure, but this is kind of what I'm going with. It's like, oh, okay, I can respect that. Yeah, that's... Uh... I have this picture in my mind of the three of you getting together at some point and telling each other, you know, I think mom and dad really don't know what they're doing here. <laughs> you know, and and more often than not, that may be the case because discipline, um, what what do you when do you give permission to do things? And mm-hmm. uh, do you need to check out the neighbor kids that they're playing with or should you let them go over to their house? Should you? check out their parents first to do <laughs> when well, and even even in my case when you would you would push me to socialize like kids would call from church and be like hey let's go to the movies and i'd be like eh, i'm right in the middle of this quantum mechanics book i really don't want to put it down <laughs> i'd be like dad can you just tell me that i'm not allowed to go you're like you really should go be with them and i was like why they're stupid and i don't like being with them and from your guidance of okay not everybody is like you in the world and the faster that you learn that the better because you you may think everyone is stupid but you have to work with them and you're either gonna it's gonna be very hard for you i've worked with people like that that are just their tolerance for stupidity or their tolerance for something that like you were saying with someone that has a gift that think that thinks it's intuitive that others don't get like even discussions with my wife she is very um perceptive so like i even told her i said when, when you're having a conversation with someone and then you're taking so 80 percent of language is like body language well she hears a hundred percent of the conversation even if they don't utter a word so i told her i said for you to read that body language as language and and interact with it or respond to that is almost a violation of privacy because they're not aware that you can do that. And that's something that you intuitively think other people have, but it's a gift. And, and like we would be in arguments and I would, I would pause the argument to say, what are we arguing about? Because I really don't know what we're arguing about. And when I know I can argue, but then to her, she thinks it's intuitive that I would understand that these 12 steps previous to the argument was where it started and it just that's not intuitive to me engineering things are more intuitive to me intuitive and trial and error like people say oh well, you're really good at programming i'm like well i've done it for over 20 years so if i'm not good at it something is seriously wrong <laughs> 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 or i just like the hobby i should have put down but yeah. but to that point um it's just interesting uh how when i was a kid you would you would push me to socialize and I did not understand it at the time because I thought I don't get it. Like I'm supposed to like get a good job, make a lot of money. People don't really matter. And like, you would always tell me like, no, it matters. I guarantee it. And as I've gotten older, those times that I have with friends, we have friends coming in town tomorrow or maybe even tonight, those times that I have with such good friends, it recharges you in ways that, you can't intellectually swap out. Sure. Yeah, well, that's good. 
Well, this has been good. Yeah, it's been really good. Like today, um, I did not want to do the podcast. But I was like, I'm, that's a thing I'm working on. I'm working on doing more things on schedule and doing them not because I feel like it, but knowing that after like we just did the episode, I feel good, right? Good. So thanks. You did that. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully we said a few things that are worth listening to. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so buddy. Have- Was there anything else in your column? Uh, or any conclusion? The, um, yeah, I think I'll, I'll quit there. Okay. Well, uh, until next week then. All righty. <laughs> Bye. See you.